These are very difficult moments that we're going through. The songs that Rav Shlema chose were perfect. At this present moment, if you think about it, we might be separated by, a, by an ocean and by 6,000 miles, but Klal Yisrael right now is going through a tremendous tzara with dozens of people that were nifter at Meiron and uh, hundreds of people that were injured and we tend to look at this as just numbers and statistics and we try to find out what caused it. And, but each of these people have families. Each of these people that were nifter, that were injured, have wives, children, parents, siblings, friends that are deeply, deeply thrown into an avelos. On a most happy day of the calendar, on the Yayma de Hilula for it to be Nepach Evel, for it to flip so suddenly into a day of national mourning, is something that we really have to consider and, and understand and, and try to take in with whatever we can. Rabbi Akiva said, that you have to love your friend like yourself. That's not Rabbi Akiva, that's the Tyra. But Rabbi Akiva added to this, and Rashi brings it in Parshas Kedoshim on that Pasuk. Amar Rabbi Akiva, Zeklal Gadol Batayra. This is a great rule. This is a, a major fundamental principle in the Torah, says Rabbi Akiva, as if to underscore the importance of this mitzvah, Vehaftalarecha Kamaycha. How do you accomplish this impossible mitzvah, Vehaftalarecha Kamaycha? So I want to tell you two pshatim. One was not on, in the script for tonight, and one was. The one that was not in the script for tonight but became part of the script was this. How do you do Vyahtlarecha How do you how do you ever love your friend like you would yourself? So there's a Taisis and Munachis. Fascinating Taisis on Lamad Zion that brings a story of Shlema Melech. Shlomo Melech was the Chacham Mikal Adam, he was the smartest man. And we know of a, of a few of the incidents with Shlomo Melech, there are many stories matter, scattered throughout Shas and Medrashim about the brilliance of Shlomo Melech. Listen to this story, there was a, a, um, a father who had seven sons, and the seventh son was born with two heads. It was a uh, set of uh, conjoined twins. They were joined together, but by, not side by side, but they had one body and two heads. And apparently this person, twin, was able to, to communicate. 
And when his father died, he wanted double Yerusha. He said, I'm two people, two heads, two people. I want two chalakim of Yerusha. I want two portions of Yerusha. They brought the case to Shlema Melech. So what Shlema Melech did was he covered the head of one of the twins. He put a cloth over the head of one of the two twins. And then he took scalding hot water and he poured it over the other head, unbeknownst to the head that was now covered. And both heads screamed out in pain. They both screamed out in pain because they could feel, they both felt, not only the one on which the water was, but also the one that the water was not on. And when Shlema Melech did this experiment and saw that both heads were in pain, he ruled that this is not two separate human beings, this is one person. Because if one head cries out in pain over the other head's actual tsar, that's a sign, that's proof positive that there's one person here, not two. And he failed to award this person more than one chilek of the Yerusha. What do we take from this medrash? What do we take from this taisas? What we take from this taisas is that if Klal Yisrael is really one, if we're ki'ish echad, belev echad, if we really are one people united, then we would feel each other's pain. And when a yid across the waters is having a tzara, and if 40 people are having tzaras, and if 140 people are having tzaras, as we speak, one of the greatest tragedies in the history of the, the modern state of Israel, right tonight, as we're talking, there are children that are finding out the news right now that they will not have a, a father to tuck them into bed and say Kriyashma with them. They will not have a father to walk home from shul with the Shabbos. They will not have a father to walk them down a chuppah in a week. We don't know the stories that are going to emerge. But if you stop and think about any of these things, and we feel pain for them, obviously we don't even know their names, we haven't seen their faces. But if we are able to feel that a brother of mine is going through such pain and I can scream and I can cry over that pain, that means that I am one with that person. The ahafta l'reacha kamaycha pshuta kemashmai is that I could love you like I love myself if I could feel your pain. If I feel your pain, that means that I'm you and you're me. If I don't feel your pain, if I just decide to you know, to pretend that it didn't happen and to write it off as some, you know, freak accident and uh, probably charedim, uh, probably this, probably that, probably chasidim, they shouldn't have gone. If we start doing that, if we start playing that game, then we are not able to mekayim the mitzvah of the haftalarecha kamecha. The means that when you're in pain, I'm in pain. That's the new uptight of the haftalarecha kamecha for this evening, for this Lag Baimer. And now let me tell you the scripted pshat in what it means, how could we do this? How is it possible for me to love somebody else like I love myself? 
That's a question that didn't bother me. It bothered the likes of the Ramban. The greatest Rishayim, the greatest Achreinim, have been struggling with this since this Pasuk has been given to Klai Yisrael. There's been a struggle, an epic challenge to try to unlock this mystery of how the Torah can expect us to love somebody else. Like, I love myself, I love myself, I have an innate love for myself. We all do, but how can I extend that love to you? How does that happen? How does that work? So Rabbi Akiva says, Zeklal Gadol Batayra. This is a great principle in the Taira. Now, very difficult to understand what Rabbi Akiva means. And this is a great principle and not other principles. There's a lot of principles in the Taira. But what is exactly, what's he trying to tell us, Zeklal Gadol Batayra? Every mitzvah in the Taira is a Klal Gadol. Is, there a, is tefillin not a klal gadol? Is mezuzah not a klal gadol? Is pigeon ben not a klal gadol? Is uh, zrikas adam not a klal gadol? What's not? Give me a, 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 something in the Torah that's not a klal gadol. So the Iker Sifsei Chacham says on, on this Rashi, when he brings it, he says, this is a klal gadol by Ben Adam Lechaveri. When we deal with each other as friends, as colleagues, as roommates, as brothers, the main klal in the Torah is the Aleph phase of interpersonal relationships is you have to learn how to love somebody else like you love yourself. Now, if somebody tells me that this is the klal gadol by Ben Adam L'chavera, what I immediately start to think is Okay, so what's the Klal Gadol by Ben Adam Lamakim? If the Klal Gadol by Ben Adam Lachaver is that must be that there is a main foundational mitzvah or concept by Ben Adam Lamakim when I treat my relationship with the Rabbi Shlam, there must also be a similar Klal Gadol Batayra. And I was thinking, what is the Klal Gadol Batayra when it comes to Ben Adam Lamakim? And I think if we could figure that out, then we'll be able to use that key to unlock the mystery of Yahaftalarecha So I was thinking, there is a place that says about a mitzvah bin Adam Lamakaim that it's a Klal Gadobataira. Does anyone anyone think of what, what I'm talking about? Okay, so let me share it with you. I was hoping that nobody would. The very first Ramah in Shulchan Aruch, the very first words of the Ramah, Ramesha Israelish, who wrote the Haggah, the Mapa on Shulchan Aruch, at the beginning of Arachayim, when the Mechaber starts and says that a person has to be Miskaber Kari, a person has to strengthen himself like a lion to wake up in the morning, the very first Halacha in Shulchan Aruch. Interesting, Rebbe Lapian, when he became a very old man, he was one of the tzaddikim, one of the ga'inim of Eretz Yisrael, and when he was in his 90s, he had a, like a, a bacher that slept in the same room as him, that would serve him, that would take care of his needs, and Rebbe Lapian says this bacher, I want you to start waking me up a half an hour earlier than normal. 
So he says, Rebbe, you're getting older. You should, you should be getting up later, not earlier. You know, all the doctors and the PAs, they're telling me to, to let you sleep later. You want to wake up earlier? What's that? He says, I don't have that many days left to live. I'm in my 90s. I don't feel so well. I'm not in a, a, good, a good state of health. I'm about to go up to Shamayim. And in Shamayim, they're going to ask me, they're going to give me a, a, a test, a bechina, a fahar. And where are they going to start the fahar from? From the beginning of Shulchan Aruch. They're going to go simon by simon. And the very first simon is that you should wake up in the morning like a lion, early, to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So he says, you know, on tests, you like to at least get the first couple of answers right. Because then the teacher probably thinks you're a, you know, you're a whiz and maybe he's not going to be so machmer. You know, once, once the machine is on, once the teacher's already giving checks, he's already maybe, you know, he says, I don't want to mess up the first question. The Rabbi Hashem is going to ask me, Nua, did you wake up early in the morning? I want to at least get that answer right when I go up to Shemayim. So that's why I want you to wake me up earlier. So that's the first mechaber. It's an important mechaber. No, the very first mechaber in Shulchan Aruch. Jumps in the Ramah. The Ramah always gives his glosses on the, on the Mechaber, on the Shulchan Aruch. Listen to this Ramah. And the Ramah, and this is very important, is quoting a Rambam. Where is the Rambam? The Rambam is in Sefer Meira Nebuchim, the guide to the perplexed. One of the major philosophical works, the Rambam's classic, Meira Nebuchim. And this is what the Ramah quotes the Rambam is saying. Shivisi Hashem Lenegdi Samid. You must put Hashem in front of you at all times. Place Hashem right before your eyes. It's a Pasuk and Tilim, Tazayin. Hu Klau Godol Batayra. The Ramah quoting the Rambam says, and we underline these words. It's a Klau Godol Batayra. Very exactly the same words as Rabbi Akiva used. By that was the Klalgadol Batayra of Ben Adam Lachavera. I think this is the this is the Klalgadol Batayra of the Ben Adam Lamakim. What is the Klalgadol Batayra? Uva Malas had Tzadikim Asherachem and the Milo of Tzadikim who walk before Hashem, and he says that when a person sits and does his things alone in the house. It's not the same as when one sits and does his things when he's standing or when he's sitting before a great melech. If you know that you're in the presence of a melech, you act differently. You act differently. The way that you talk, the way that you act, the way that you behave is way different than when you're not in front of a king. And he says, certainly when a person thinks in his heart that the Melech HaGadol HaKadosh Baruch Hu Asher If a person would have this picture in front of his face every single minute, there's God, God is always here. He's here in the base Medrash. He's here in, in the dining room. He's here in the dormitories. He's here in the apartments. He's here in our car. Wherever we are, there's a Rabbeinu Shalom. If a person will be able to understand this, 
this klal gadol bater, that wherever I am, I'm always in front of a melech. It would be a different world. Imagine if for a second, tonight, your roommate is Reb Chaim Kanievsky. So Reb Chaim Kanievsky is sleeping in the bed right next to yours. How are you going to act? We're not going to watch any movies tonight. We're not going to surf uh, the internet. We're not going to watch YouTube. We're not going to check the news. We're not going to check sports. We're not going to check Vasis Nayis. We're probably going to say Kriyashma Lamita like we never did before, like in the Ila. We're going we're gonna to get dressed in the Is tomorrow morning. We're going to wash Nagel Vasir like, you know, like a Kain Gadol on Yemekipurim. Because Reb Chaim Kanievsky is in the room. I, gotta, I, I have to step up my game a little bit. Now, substitute Reb Chaim Kanievsky with the Rabbeinu Shleilam. If we would be able to understand that the Rabbeinu Shleilam is in our room, we wouldn't do any of those things either. So why do we do those things? We all know on a certain level that there's a Rabbeinu Shleilam in the room, that the Melech is in front of us, so why are we doing these things? The answer is that we know it, but we don't really feel it. Reb Chaim Kanievsky, I could, I could see, I could feel, I could, could shake his hand, I could, he's here, he's here. But the challenge with the Rabbeinu Shalom, and he did this by design, is that he's invisible. And when something is invisible, the mind can play tricks and can imagine that he's not really here. Says the Rambam in Meir quoted by the Ramah, the very first Ramah in Shulchan Aruch, Shivisi Samid, this is the Klal Gadol. But you want to know how to deal with the Rabbeinu Shleilam? The way you deal with the Rabbeinu Shleilam is imagine at all times that there is a king that's in front of me constantly, day and night, Shabbos and Yantif, Yom Kippur on a regular Thursday. Every single minute of the day there is a Rabbeinu Shleilam here. If I would know that and I would believe it and I would see it with my eyes if I could visualize it, I would not sin. I would not do anything. You know, the Bir Hagra in Shulchan Aruch, the Vilna Gain has a commentary, a very short, terse commentary, as Kedarka, like he always does. You know what he writes on this when it says, This is among the, uh, the Milas, the advantages that Sadiqim has. The, the Gra adds one word, who call Milas Sadiqim. The entire mile of a tzaddik. Why is somebody a tzaddik and another person not? Because the tzaddik is aware of this Ramah. A tzaddik lives their life every single minute with a cognizance that there's a Rabbeinu Shalom in front of us. That there's a king that stands before us. And when there's a king that stands before us, we're different. We don't act the same when there's a king that's standing before us as when there is as when we imagine that there is no king in front of us. This says the Ramah, quoting the Rambam, is the but it's not this is the between us and God. So if this is the understanding of the what I'd like to suggest to you tonight is that the Klalgadol Batayra that Rabbi Akiva tells us is the great rule, Ben Adam Lechaveray, of the Ahaftal Reacha Kamaycha. I think we understand maybe a little better how to be Makayim that. 
How do I do it? How do I love you like I love myself? You know how? I imagine that you're not a regular guy. The reason why sometimes I tend to, to not treat you like my equal, to not love you like I love myself, is because in my mind, when I see you, I figure out your chesreinus and I say, aha, I'm better than him. We all do this, by the way. I might be better than you in learning. I might be better than you in davening. I might be better than you in business. I might be better than you in sports. But whatever it is that I have over you, my mind immediately factors that into the relationship and allows me to feel a sense of superiority over you. This is the way we operate. This is not me. This is not you. It's everybody. But if a person is able to look at another person as if he's superior to him, I look at you like a king. I want to anoint you as a melech over me. I want to make you great in my eyes. I want to I wanna lift you up. That's the only way it's going to work. Only if I could find something that could make you a melech in my eyes. You know, the Vilna Gain, he once went to the playground when he was a little kid, so legend has it, and he went on the seesaw. We all know what a seesaw is. You have two people, one sits on one side, the other sits on the other side, and they go up and they go down. He went on it once, and he never went on it again. And they asked him, why? Why are you not going on it again? He says, I never want to be able to lift myself up in order to push somebody else down. I should lift myself up on a seesaw so you should go down. No, no, no. I would, if the seesaw was just an instrument that I could push you up and keep myself down, and that was the whole thing, I would do that. Because I want to raise you. I want to elevate you. I want to be mamluch you. I want to make you better than me. That's how to That's the only way we'll be able to level this playing field. It's if I if I go to the nth degree and make you a melech, just like I have to look at the Rabbi Shalom as a melech standing in front of me whenever I deal with anybody, and I don't care who it is. Always be able to look at that person with greatness. The Ramban writes in his famous Igeris that whenever you meet somebody, always make him better than you in your eyes. If, you're, if he's richer than you, say, wow, he's richer than me. If he's poorer than you, say, wow, he gets more schar and ilam haba because he's suffering. If he's, if he's smarter than you, he's smarter than you. If he's less smart than you, say, well, I'm going to be on the hook for so many others because I know about them. And he's, you know, in, in ignorance is bliss. He doesn't know what he's doing right, wrong, and so he's going to go have a much easier time in din. You can always come up with a way to make somebody else better than you, to be mamluch somebody over you. That's how you're mekayim v'yaftalarecha kamaycha. You know, when I was trying to really perfect this pshat, I was working on this word kamaycha. It always bothered me. What does it mean kamaycha? And I did like a search of all the times that it says in Tanakh, the word kamaycha. And you know what I found? Most of the time, like maybe 70, 80% of the time, this word kamaycha is mentioned in Tanakh. It's referring to kings. 
I'll give you one example that you might be familiar with, that Vayigash El of Yehuda, at the beginning of Parshas uh, Vayigash, Yehuda says to Yosef, Ki kamoicha kipare. You are like pare in my eyes. You're like a king. The word kamoicha itself, Rabbi say, screams, kamoicha, you are like a king to me. V'yahavta l'reacha kamoicha. You are a king to me, and therefore I will love you, because I, I see you as chashev. Amachshev you. I could love somebody if I really look up to them. If a person looks up to a parent, to a rebbe, to a gadol, to a tzaddik, you know, why do you love them so? Because you're machshev them. Wow, I have such a schus to have them in my, in, my, in my life. Look at everybody that way. There's something that you could find about everybody that is not only very positive, but downright amazing. There's some kernel of greatness in every single person. You just have to look at that person in that light and you'll find that there's some royalty, there's a monarchy there, there's aristocracy. You have to look carefully sometimes. I want to bring you a proof to what I'm saying. There's a sefer called Reish's Chachma. I'm not going to get into the sefer. It's a very, very scary sefer. It speaks about Gehenim. If you want to ever learn everything that you want about what happens in the next life, you could read Reish's Chachma. It's very, very graphic. Don't read it before you go to bed. And listen to one line. This is actually in a chapter called Chibot HaKever. Which, is, uh, which means like the pain that a person goes through after they're buried. But anyway, I digress. He says like this, When a person reaches heaven, there's two questions that are asked of this person. Two questions. What are those two questions? Did you anoint your creator, Hashem, every morning, Shachris and Arvis, meaning did you say Shema in the morning and at night? You made HaKadosh Baruch Hu, your Melech, your Makabal on yourself, O Malchus the yoke of heaven, of kingship? That's the first question. The second question, Did you anoint your friend did you make your friend a king, benachas ruach, pleasantly, treating him nicely, treating him like a mensch, treating him with great respect and awe and reverence that would befit a royal person? Did you treat your friend that way? Two questions that are asked. And these two questions are like those twin heads. They go together. They fit perfectly together with one another. Abchatzka Levenstein used to say that these two questions are like the two luchais. We know the two luchais were one, ben adam l'chavera, ben adam These two questions are like the luchais. You have to be asked the question about ben adam and ben adam If you could pass both tests, you're in. You know why? Because you have the two klal gadol batayras right here. You have the Klal Gadol of Ben Adam L'chaverai, the Haftal Reacha Kamecha, meaning, did you make your friend a king? Did you see your friend? When you see your friend, do you see a king standing before you, somebody special? And then, of course, the Ben Adam L'chaverai, 
Him lachter as kainecha. Shivisa Hashem lenegdi samid. Did you put Akedus Baruchu in front of you at all times? You know the Rambam is called the Melech. You ever heard anyone referring to the Rambam as a Melech, as a king? Svarim. If you look in many of the if you look in many of the uh, the Neisei Kalim, as we call it, the commentators on the Rambam, it's fascinating, but a lot of them put the word Melech into their title. For example, the Mishnah Lamelech. Mishnah Lamelech, the assistant to the king, because the Rambam was the king. There's a sefer called the Shar HaMelech. There is a sefer called Kiryas Melech. Reb Chaim Kanievsky wrote a sefer on Rambam called Kiryas Melech. And there's many, many. If you would go and do a, a search in Hebrew books or in, and just put the word Melech in, I would guess there is probably hundreds of svarim, and they're all written on the Rambam with the word Melech in the title because the Rambam is considered to be the Melech. He is the king. He's the king. Why is he the king? What, he wasn't officially a king. I mean, he was, the, he was the physician to the king of Egypt, to the sultan. But why is he the king? And I think the reason why he's the king is because he taught us everything that we learned tonight. He was the one that taught us, that the Ramah quoted, to put Hashem as your king in front of you. And I found today a Rambam speaking about the Ben Adam Listen to what he says. The Rambam is in Hilchas Deus, Perek Vav Halacha Gimel. Mitzvah kol Adam Lev es kol Echad Bechad Misrael. There is a mitzvah for every man to love every yid, kegufai, like himself. That's Vehaftalarecha Kamaicha. Therefore, says the Rambam, a person has to speak out the praise of your friend. Do you ever do that? Do you ever speak like really amazingly about anybody? Do you ever say, this guy's amazing in basketball when you're good, you're good in basketball? Do you ever say about somebody else then that they're good in basketball? Hard to do because you think in your mind, well, if I praise, if I tell people that he's great in basketball, people are going to make me... You know, it's going to make me look like I'm not as good as him in basketball. He's great in learning. What, what does that say about me? That says that I'm, I'm not so great in learning. Or it's not, I'm not as great as him. And I don't want to say that. He's really wealthy. Well, that means that I'm not as wealthy as him. So we find ourselves very stingy when it comes to praising other people. Says the Rambam, L'fichach chayav tzarech l'saper b'shvachai you have to speak about other people's praises, meaning you have to treat him like a king. A king you have no problem praising because he's the king. He's not, you don't view him as a competitor. So you say wonderful things about him. He's in a different league. I have to speak about you in, in amazingly glowing terms. Care about his loss of money, like he'd care about his own loss of money. The same way that I want my own honor, I would project that on you. Meaning, the Rambam is telling us, 
in two separate places. One is in Marinabuchim, one is in the Yadachazaka. But he's saying, both Klal Gadol Batayras, he's speaking out that you have to make Hashem your king, and Lahavdil, you have to make your friend your king. And when you're able to do that, then you have everything. Then you're Himlachtes, Kainai Shachris Varvis, and then you're Himlachtes, Chaveirecha, Benachas Ruach. Then you get straight into Elam Abba because you have succeeded in the two pillars of Ben Adam Lamakimidam Lachaveira, the Klal Gadobataira. That's the site of the Ram. We call the Ram the Melech because he teaches us to be Mamlech HaKadosh Baruch and to be Mamlech our friends. And that makes him a Din Melech. I want to tell you an amazing story. There was, in the olden days, when I was growing up as a, as a, as a kid, very young boy, there was the standard Rambam, like the old Rambams on the shelf. Those are the Rambams that very few people touch anymore. Because now you have the Frankel Rambam. The Frankel Rambam is like the very sleek, new, maroon Rambams. This Frankel Rambam was published in the 1970s by, or starting, it was started to be published at least, it was a very long process until they completed it, which was only completed not too long ago. But it took many decades. And what this Yid by the name of Shapsi Frankel, who was a wealthy man, he was a son-in-law of a great Rav, the crack of a Rav, and he dedicated his life to publishing a perfect edition of the Rambam. What does it mean, a perfect edition of the Rambam? What he did is absolutely incredible. If you ever have opened up a Frankel Rambam, you'll see the difference and you'll see how it glows. Every word in the Rambam, every letter in the Rambam, every kutzo shalyud, every little point of the Rambam, he perfected. He went back to ancient manuscripts of the Rambam and he found every single change in Nusach, and he put that on the sides of the Ramam in one edition, uses this word, and then he changes it to that word, and then a different place to that word. He'll mark that all down in the margins, and he, per- he made sure to get the greatest Hamidich HaChamim on his team to go through the Rambams, to go through the Naisei Kalim, to go through all of the, everything, to produce the most perfect Rambam. And the cherry on the cake is if you turn to the back of every Frankel Rambam, there's called a Sefer HaMafteach. And the Sefer HaMafteach gives basically every single question and, and, and maramukim that anyone ever thought about when learning the Rambam. So if, you, if you're reading Rambam and you have a problem, like why would the Rambam say this? Why didn't he say that? Or what does the Rambam mean? You turn to the back of the Frankel Rambam, you look up, you know, that that halacha, and you'll find that, uh, you know, on this and this question, ayin v'chazinish, in this simon, ayin aviezri, in that, in that simon, ayin chazini, ayin the shara melech, the mishnah melech, mishnah, reb chaim brisker, whatever, he'll tell you everything that you need to know about every single line, every single word of the Rambam. It's a masterpiece. A masterpiece. And when he put out the Frankel Rambam, it basically... Uh, it, it sort of torpedoed every other edition of the Rambam ever. 
I had a Rebbe that did not want to use the Frankel Rambam when it came out because he was already used to the other the Rambam and he worked so hard on mastering the original Rambam that he, he just, he knew the Tzura Sadaf of every Rambam. He knew where, and Frankel Rambam changed the Tzura Sadaf and he, he just didn't feel comfortable using the Frankel Rambam. But that was the old generation of Jews and now the new generation that's brought up on the Frankel Rambam, you can't use another Rambam. You just like, it's, you just can't use another Rambam. Everything is in there. Everything is, everything is really, uh, is perfect. So in the process of producing this masterpiece of the, of the Frankel Rambam, this Reb Shapsi Frankel, who, by the way, the stipler told him that when you die, the Rambam and all the Naisekeim on the Rambam are going to come and greet you in Gan Eden because of what you did. He spent millions and tens of millions of dollars producing this. Baruch Hashem, he was a wealthy man. He was capable of, he, of, of, of employing all these great Tamidachamim. But that was only part of the expense. He would go to no end. He would stop at nothing. If he heard about a manuscript of the Rambam from, that's in Egypt, in some museum, he would try and try and try to get a hold of that manuscript, and he would offer to pay millions of dollars for it because it might be able to be important to, to shedding light on a, on a difficult Rambam. So there was such a, one such manuscript in a, in a museum in Cairo that was like one of the earliest manuscripts of the Rambam. I don't know if it was the Rambam's own handwriting, but it was a handwritten manuscript of the Rambam. Reb Shapsi Frankel heard about this, and he flew to Cairo, he went into the museum, and he said, I need that copy of the Rambam. Can I have a photocopy? We don't make photocopies, sir. Okay, that's fair. Would I be able to buy it off of you? It's not for sale. This is an ancient Egyptian treasure. We don't give away our heirlooms, our treasures in Egypt. He says, how about for a million dollars? Would you then consider? No, we're not, we can't be bought, sir. But Shabsi Frankel was not somebody that just, you know, that just said, you know, I... Uh, um, you know, fine. He didn't take no for an answer and he would like call them and call them and mutcher them until finally one day they cracked, they couldn't take it. And he said, listen, Rabbi, you come, we'll sell it to you. Just leave us alone already. So he went, brought a few million dollars with him for this manuscript. He got possession of it. And it was a tremendous simcha, as you can imagine, because he had one more manuscript to put into his Franco Rambam, to his masterpiece, to his legacy. Now, when he came home with this manuscript, there was a, uh, a big Talmud Chacham that was there that was working for him in his kailal, and, uh, you know, they were very, very excited. They were, you know, so happy they finally got it. And now they were going to get to work on, like, really deciphering this manuscript and, and trying to figure out the Chiddush that's contained therein. This person, this Tamar Chacham, Muvuk, who was sitting at the table together with Shapsi Frankel, and the manuscript, this million-dollar manuscript, was sitting right here on the table. 
And this Talmud Chacham had a cup of coffee over here, and by accident, inadvertently, he tipped the cup of coffee, and it spilled all over the manuscript, and because the paper was so old and so frail and the ink on it was, was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years old, immediately the whole thing, the whole ksav, the whole manuscript, just disintegrated. The coffee just burned right through it. There was nothing left. Now, if you were Shopsy Frankel at this point, what would you do? You spent years of your life trying to get the manuscript. It's the only copy in the world I spent millions of dollars on it, hundreds of man hours getting it, flying it here. And this shmagegi, this schlock, has to spill his soda all over, has to spill his coffee all over my manuscript. Shopsy Frankel got up and he walked into the other room. This time the chacham was, oh my gosh, what did I just do? He's probably going to shech me. He's probably going to kill me. He's probably so furious. He doesn't know what to do with me. He's going to take me to a dentira. I don't know what to say. How am I going to go home tonight? How am I going to face my children? What's going to be with me? How am I going to be able to live? Two minutes later, Shapsi Frankel comes back into the room holding a brand new cup of coffee. He says, you know, Obviously, the Rabbi Yisraelim did not want this particular manuscript to be published. He didn't want it to see the light of day for some reason. It should have stayed in the museum in Egypt and stayed there forever. The Rabbi Yisraelim didn't want it. And so you happen to have been the shliach to spill coffee over it. He says, but one thing I know is that you don't have your cup of coffee now, so I made you another cup. Here it is. That's the pshat. Himlachtas chaveirecha benachas ruach. Amamluch you. I don't look at you as somebody inferior to me that I could berate and I could scream at and I could, I could give you musr and teichacha and make you feel like two cents just because I can. The ahaftal reacha kamaycha zel klal gadol batayra. The Rambam says the pshat is I wouldn't do that to myself. Why would I do that to you? I have to build you up. I have to let you feel elevated. I have to feel, you have to feel that I, I know how great you are. That's what my job is, clap at you. The same way that I want respect, I want you to have respect. I want to be mamluch you as my melech. I'm going to bring you another cup of coffee because I respect you, I admire you. I know that it wasn't your fault. All this surrounds the Rambam. The Rambam is the melech that teaches us how to deal with the Rabbeinu Shalom as a melech before us, standing there every single minute of the day when we're in our dorm, when we're in the yeshiva, when we're on the road, when we're at work. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is always before us. He's a melech that's before us. Like Rabbi Chaim Kanievsky is, is our roommate. He's our roommate. If you could fuck up that, 
If you're able to realize that every single, you'll be at tzaddik. That's that's kol milas tzaddikim like the guy. That's the only thing that separates the tzaddik is a, is somebody that feels the rabbi Hashem's presence every minute. That's a tzaddik bein adam lamakim. But the Rambam teaches us that a tzaddik bein adam lachaverei is likewise somebody that's able to be mamlach another person. And that's why Shapsi Frankel, I believe, was the person that the Rabbani Shalom made as a shliach to publish the masterpiece manuscript, the masterpiece edition of the Rambam, because he was a person that got it. He didn't just build relationships between himself and the Rabbani Shalom. He wasn't just mamlach the Rabbani Shalom as a melech. And wanting to spend his whole life bringing the Rambam's work to Klai Yisrael so that there could be Tamein that are able to be Mechadish more and more and make the Rabbani Shalom have more Nachas. But Shapsi Frankel was also a person that was able to be Mamlaches Chavera B'Nachas Ruach. He learned that from the Rambam. And so he was Zeicha to be the person, the Shliach in this world to publish that fantastic edition of the Rambam. This is the day that the Tamidei Rabbi Akiva stopped dying. And so it's an oasis in this Midbar, this Avelos of not being Naya Kavad Rabbi Akiva is teaching us tonight again, this. And us, by having Avelos throughout the entire Sphira, we're basically being mechaper for that fault of Rabbi Akiva's Talmud, that they did not understand this. But when we feel tsar for other people, when we're mamluch other people, then we get Rabbi Akiva's teaching of Tonight should have been a night of celebration. It should have been a night to understand the second shot about him lachtas chaveirecha. And Amir Hashem, we should take this vard and live with it. To be mamluch one another, never look at another person down. Always look up at every single person. Then you'll be amazing throughout your life. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu had a different cheshpan for us tonight. The hard way of understanding the haftlarecha kamaycha, the mashal of Shlema Melech with the two heads. And if we're able tonight to feel the tsar, that Kla Yisrael as a nation and the Yechidim as Yechidim are feeling as we speak, right now in real time, that's a quicker way of being able to makayim the haftlarecha kamaycha. I feel your pain. If I feel your pain, then I'm one with you. I'm like you. I love you like myself. It's Hashem, we should take this Lag Ba'aymer and never forget it. Never forget the feelings of tsar that we have for another Yid or many other Yidin as we speak. And also to build upon that in a positive sense, not just in the negative tsar, but when things are good again, Amir Hashem, we should be able to look at each other and be mamlech each other as a melech love each other, respect each other, come together, and then we'll be ready for Shavuos, Ki Ish Echad Echad.